Well, good morning. A few years ago, I would have attempted there to there, but I decided against it. So, because uh, I'm, I'm wiser. I'm older, I'm wiser now. That's, that's what happens. But, uh, hey, so good to see so many faces here today. Uh, it's just awesome. How good is this building? This is fantastic. Like, how many people get a building that's already built as a church building? Like, it's... It's fantastic. It's so good. So good just to see uh, just so many faces here. And uh, Josh, how you going? Good to see you, buddy. So uh, Kent and Jeanette, how are you guys? So good to see you. The family there, how are you kids? Good. Not kids anymore. I shouldn't say that, should I? Teenagers. So uh, it's, just, it's just unbelievable. It's just good to see so many uh, different ones here today. Mike Bischoff, how are you, my friend? Where's Lee? Oh, ouch. <laughs> tell, her, tell her I took it personally. <laughs> so uh, so uh, I love the Bischoffs. Uh, do you love Mike? Do you love Mike and Lee Bischoff? You should. They are great people. And uh, when I moved up here with my family, their family was so good to my family. And I've never forgotten it. And I just love you guys so much. And uh, give Lee a hug for me. Um, love you guys, but uh, it's just so good to see Tendai and Yukai over here as well. How are you guys? You're good? Good to see you. <laughs> so good. So I'm just having, is this okay if I just take a little moment right here? Nikki and Roger, oh my goodness. So James, how are you? Good to see you. So uh, it's just so good. It's just so good to see uh, just so many different faces here. And uh, let me tell you, we're, we're in good days, friends. We're in good days. The church is alive and it's well and it's moving forward. And uh, who believes that our world needs the church more than ever? That our faith, right, is, is what's what the world needs, right? There's nothing else. Vaccines. Oh, I don't even want to go there. Whoa, you said the word already, right? At the end of the day, our world needs Jesus. We can all agree upon that, can't we? And you and I, you and I, by His wisdom, He's called us to be the ones to carry the message of His gospel. Amen? Isn't that cool? Connor, oh you, buddy, so good. You look older, Connor. So it's what happens, I guess. So, uh, so good. Sorry, just uh, different ones jumping out to me here, but uh, it's good. Um, as uh, Pastor Joe said, my name's Jonathan, and uh, I bring you greetings from Life Point Church. Pastor David Hall, I heard you had him for uh, for Summit. Did you enjoy that? So, uh, so I'm part of his uh, ministry team down there in Adelaide. And uh, it's, been, uh, it's been great down there, and God's doing good things, but uh, it's been so good to be back here. And uh, I'm just so grateful to Pastor Mark and Nina for the invitation uh, to come back and, uh, and to be able to share today. And, and you know, as I was even, uh, when I was coming up and, and knew that all that was happening, the, the thing that I felt in my heart was that, uh, and, and I want you to know today that I don't feel that my assignment here today is for nostalgic sake. Or that here because, yeah, he's a good guy, let's get him up and, and you know, uh, anything like that at all. I believe this morning that uh, God wants to speak to you, that he wants to impact your world, he wants to touch your life. You know, I believe that, uh, that, that we have a God who can, but we also have a God who is willing. And our God is willing to move on your behalf. A lot of us believe that God can, we know that God can heal, we know that God can do miracles, we know that God can do breakthrough, and we know that God can save, but I believe that not only can He, but He does, and He will, and He wants to. The Bible says that all that came to Him were healed. Not some, not a few, 
Not the ones at the front of the line and then Jesus got tired and he moved on from the rest. No, it says all that came to him. And I believe today that there's breakthrough for you today, that God wants to speak something into your spirit and, uh, and move us forward into the uh, purposes of God. Amen? Amen. So good. This is awesome. This building's fantastic. Yvana, how are you? Good to see you. Cool. I don't know who you guys are, but you're a good drummer. Well done, man. That's awesome. You did great today. So uh, how are you guys? What's your name? Jeremy. Jeremy and Jeremy and Jay. JJ. All right, what's your last name? Oh, that's a good last name. JC. Oh, yeah. Good job. Just nothing else to say. Just getting to know people. Hey, guys, how are you? I'm just going to keep going here for... Is this all right this morning? So you guys are awesome. I don't know who you are, but you bring great strength to this church. And uh, you're a blessing. And so, uh, so be a blessing. Be a blessing everywhere you go. Amen? Amen. Awesome. Awesome. They are? Oh. Oh. Very good. Very good. It's, there you go. So uh, the crowd agrees. So that's a good thing. That's a good thing. <laughs> so it's so good. Anyway, let's get into the Word this morning. That's why we're here. So uh, open your Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 1. And uh, we're going to start from there this morning. So it says this, 2, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1, and uh, we'll start in verse 5. And it says, uh, When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given a spirit of fear... Someone say amen. amen. God hasn't given a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound, sound mind. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. You know, we haven't been given a spirit of fear. You know, our world needs a people who don't carry a spirit of fear. Our world needs a people who walk in victory, who walk in hope, who walk in faith, who walk in the fullness of all that God has for us. You know, this morning I want to share with you, and the title of my message is simply this, What Are You Fanning? What is it that you're fanning in your life? You know, I believe that you can uh, know someone, you can tell someone by what they're fanning, by what are the things that they give their attention to. Caleb Bedville, how are you? Good to see you. Just saw you there too. Sorry, this may happen throughout the morning. Just please bear with me, right? Yeah, I can't remember what I was saying now. Good to see you, Caleb. What are you fanning into your life? What are the things that you give it your attention to? What are the things that take your focus what, what's, what are the things that you think of in your quiet moment when you, when you have that time in the car, when you just drop the kids off at school or, or when you're laying in bed before you go to sleep at night? What are, what, what are the things that occupy your attention? Because what is occupying your attention is what you're fanning. Well, what, what, it is that, that is, what it is that you focus on, that's the thing that you're, that's the thing that, Blair, how are you? You've got a beard. Sorry, this is freaking me out. So, I will get there, I promise, all right? So, I'm so sorry. I, should, I need to stop. We're preaching today. Preaching today. What do you give your attention to? What, what, what is it? What, what are the things that you're focused on? What is it that draws your heart and your mind? What is it that you spend time uh, focusing on and, 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 and fanning into your life? You know, if you hang around people long enough, you... It soon shows in their life what it is. It soon, it soon shows up in, in their activity or how they talk or what they do. 
You know, have you ever met someone, and this is a good one for today, have you ever met someone who's like totally, like, I don't mean just like surface level, I mean like deep dived into like conspiracy theories. Like, <laughs> like they are so far down that hole, like there's no sun anymore, right? They are just, they are just so deep in, on, into those things that it's like they lose all uh, reality of the world around them and they're so consumed by those things. You know, what, what are they doing? They're fanning those things into their life. You know, I, I believe in the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 15 that we are to give thanks to God because He gives us victory through Jesus Christ. See, I don't have to fear about tomorrow because my victory comes from the Lord. My victory is in Jesus. And so, so I don't have to stress or worry about those things because I want to fan Jesus and who He is in my life, not the, not the He said, she said, or what this Facebook person wrote over here somewhere sometime. You know, like, and, 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 and we need to fan those things into our life. Amen? You know, have you ever met someone who, who what they're fanning in their life is just like all about them? Like every conversation you have, no matter what it is, it's like, it's like they make it about them. You know, that they, always comes back to the, their thing. Like you, you might share something with them or talk about something and they'll be like, oh yeah, but you don't know what happened to me. You know, like, you know, those people who just... They, they always make it about themselves, no matter what it is and what's going on. You know, I don't believe that we should be fanning that in our lives. I don't believe that that's what God for, has for us. In the book of Proverbs, it says, uh, it says this, that those that refresh will themselves be refreshed. I believe that as Christians, as followers of Jesus, we're called to be wells of refreshing. We're called to be people where everywhere we go, we don't make it about us. We make it about others. We make it about Jesus. We make it about putting others first and we become wells of refreshing. Wells of refreshing everywhere I go. What are you fanning in your life? What are the things that you give attention to? You know, have you ever met people who it's just like, and, and, I, and hear my heart, I'm not talking, you know, drama happens to all of us, right? Life has enough problems, okay? But have you ever met those people who like, it's like they intentionally go looking for it. It's like, it's like there's a problem happening over here. They're like, oh, I, I need to go and get involved with this. You know, like, have you met those people who they just inject themselves into every situation and every, every drama that's going on? And then when you talk to them, they're like, oh, my life is full of so much drama. And it's like, it's because they're like, they're like bloodhounds for drama. It's like they sniff it out and they go, they go looking for it. You know, I don't believe that we should be fanning that in our lives. I believe Book of Matthew says that, that we're called to be peacemakers and that those that are peacemakers will be called the children of God. But I believe that, that everywhere we go, we should carry the peace of God. That, that when you come into a situation or if a situation's happening around you, you're not fueling the drama, you're not fanning that, but you're actually bringing peace into those circumstances. That, that you're the one who turns the conversation. You're the one who changes the mood and the atmosphere. You know, we are atmosphere uh, carriers. You know, everywhere you go, there's an atmosphere that goes with you. That, you know, who knows that our, our war isn't with flesh and blood, but it's in the spirit. And so there's an atmosphere that goes with you wherever you go. I believe that the atmosphere of the believer is one of peace. That where we go, we, we bring peace. We war with the enemy, but with people, we bring peace. And we bring comfort and we bring hope and we bring wholeness. And, and people see by our lives that, that we need to fan those things into our life. You know, I believe that. Rather than fanning brokenness, we need to be people who build. Let's build. Jude 1.20 says, But you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit. We are to build ourselves up. We're to build ourselves up. You know, do you fan distraction? You know, people, they're just constantly distracted. Like, 
you talk to them and it's like they're doing this with their life. The next time you meet them, oh, no, now I'm doing this. Oh, no, now it's this thing. Oh, now it's this thing. Oh, now, it's this. now, friend, please, hear my heart. I'm not talking about, you know, life changes and we go different. I moved to Queensland. I never thought I'd move back to Adelaide. You know, like I just, I never thought these things would happen. And so I'm not talking about those things. But, but there's people, they're just like, they're just distracted. They're distracted. You know, like I don't believe that that's what we're called to do. We shouldn't be fanning that. We need to, we need to fan and, and be a people in a church that goes after greater and goes for greater. John 14 says, Truly I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these he will do because I'm going to the Father. Friend, this church is called to greater things. Your life is called to greater things. You don't have time to be distracted, to be pulled left and right. You don't have time for those things. But we're called to do the greater things that Christ set before us. Amen? Amen. That's what this church is called to do. That's what you and I, that's, our, that's what we're, God puts in front of us, that we're to move in faith and believe God for greater things. You know, we need to be aware of what we are fanning in our lives. Because what you fan is what you will experience. What, what you fan is what your life will be about, is what others will say about you. And it's interesting to me that in this passage that we read from Timothy, that Paul goes into some detail about how Timothy's faith came about, as it were. He goes into some detail showing us and explaining to us in his letter to Timothy about how his faith came into place. Now hear me this morning, I don't believe that faith is passed down. My son doesn't, uh, doesn't get any faith uh, from me because of, by virtue of my office or who I am or my last name or that at all. There's, it's not passed down, but I do believe that faith is imparted, that, that we impart faith one to another. And, and, and Paul goes sort of into a little bit of detail here in this passage, just in these couple of verses about how faith is imparted or has been imparted into Timothy's life. And this morning, I just want to look at a couple of these ways that we see in the Word of God, how faith is imparted uh, into our lives, how we get faith into us. You know, I believe that church is a place where your faith uh, should grow, where, where you're imparted into. That every part of our service should be building faith into your world, should be building faith into your life. You know, one of, one of the great things about being in church and one of the things that I loved about being back is that, um, you know, I look along, along the front here and, and I know some of these guys' stories. I look at people at the back and, and I know some of uh, people's journeys. And, and when I come into church and I see hands raised and people worship and people giving praise to God, it, it builds my faith and imparts into me because I know some of the fires that these people have walked through. I know some of the challenges that different ones have faced. But yet when we come together as a group of people, we lift up the name of Jesus. It does something to my faith. You know, when I talk with Pastor Mark on the phone, he tells me, uh, he's telling me about this building and what was happening here and the opportunity and, and all these things. It builds faith into my life. It builds faith into what God can do. And I pray that as a community of believers, that we would be people who impart faith one into another, that we would strengthen and encourage and build each other up in our most holy faith. So I want to look at some of the ways that faith is imparted. You know, I believe that faith is imparted by your environment. You know, Timothy grew up in a godly environment. He grew up in a godly household. You know, just uh, as I came in, we're, you're doing dedications up here. And uh, one of the things that Pastor Joe talked about was creating an environment in the home 
for kids to grow up in and how as parents we need to take that responsibility to cultivate a godly environment. You know, mum and dads, make sure you're doing that in your world. Make sure you're doing that in your home. Make sure you're doing that uh, in, in, uh, within your kids. You know, we've got to be so careful. We've got to be so careful about the conversations and the things that we talk about and the people who hear what it is that we're saying. You know, like don't, don't talk down church when your kids are around. Don't, don't talk about, now I know church isn't perfect. I know there's challenges. I, I know there's, there's hardship. I know there's been some uh, stories from people's church experience and I'm not proud of them. They're not great. They're not, they're not what church is about. But we've got to be so careful to not allow that language to permeate and get into the hearts and lives of our kids because they will bear our offences. And so when they come into an atmosphere of faith, all of a sudden now there's another barrier that they have to get through in order to get to God that we've put in place because of the words and the things and the conversations that we've had around our kids. Now we've got to be so careful. We've got to be so careful to make sure that we cultivate an environment that allows for faith to be imparted. Is that good? It got very quiet. got very quiet. You know, many of you uh, would remember my son Owen. He's uh, 15 in December. Can you believe that? He's a, like, he's like a, he's a full-blown teenager now. You know what I mean? Like, he's not just like half teenager. He's fully teenaged. Like, it's all, it's all happening, you know? So he's got a little bit of hair under his arms now. Like, it's all going on, right? So don't tell him I said that. But he shaves his mo. It's really funny. But, um, but he, uh, if you knew Owen, then you would know that one of his passions in life was basketball. He loved his basketball, you know? Like, he loved playing basketball. He loved, uh, he loved the team aspect of it. It was... He loved to do it. It's just, it was just a part of uh, who he was and, and, and what he liked to do. And, and, uh, and he's been uh, continuing to play basketball in Adelaide and, and uh, continue. We actually just won the championship. I was the coach and we came through in uh, undefeated season. So come on. So uh, thank you. Yeah, if you're going to, hey, if you're going to clap, do it well, please. Come on, church. No half claps with me. I don't deal with half claps. If one person claps, we're all in. All right. So that's how it rolls. Okay. So that's how we do it. All right. So, uh, so we won the championship, and uh, it was a good thing, and I was very, very proud of the team. But, uh, but we had a little challenge coming up, and as a parent, I'd sort of been psyching myself up, like, how am I going to sort of navigate this? Because my son's going up into the next age bracket, and which means that they play on a Friday night. Now, who knows, as a teenager, uh, if you've got teenage kids, where do you want your kids to be on a Friday night? You want them to be in the, the youth group, right? And so... So we've got a great youth group there and a great youth pastor do a great job and, and, uh, and all of that sort of things. And so I was kind of like psyching myself up, like how am I going to navigate this conversation, you know? Like how am I going to, because I know the end result that I want and it's going to be that result one way or another, <laughs> but I want it to be in a nice way, you know? I want it to be, uh, you know, in agreement, you know, like rather than uh, forced, you know? Like, and I, I'm thinking about how am I going to do this and praying about it and oh, man, I'm going to manage this, you know, like. And then, uh, and then one day my son just came to me and he goes, you know, Dad, I've been thinking about basketball next year. And I'm like, okay, yes, yes, son, yes, son. What are you thinking, my son? You know, like, he said to me, he goes, Dad, I don't want to play basketball. Like, I'd rather go to youth. I think I'd rather go to youth, you know. So, now, it's just a little thing. Now, let me tell you, it's not like, I'm not saying that that's like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, it's a little thing. But you know what it tells me? It tells me that when you cultivate an environment where you value the presence of God, where you value the church, where you value relationships within the church, when you cultivate that environment, 
it pays dividends. It pay, and so where I was gearing myself up for a, for a bit of a, what I thought could be this, ended up being the easiest thing in the world. And, uh, and, and I believe it's when we create an environment of faith, when we create an environment and value those things, that some of those challenges, they're not, they're not challenges anymore because we've put in that environment. Does that make sense today? You know, faith isn't parted by your environment. Faith isn't parted by the people in your world. You know, uh, Paul writes to Timothy and he says, I saw it in your grandmother and I saw it in your mother. You know, simply the whole thing we would say is, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Who are the people in your life? Who are the people that surround you? Who are the people who have the opportunity to speak into the issues of life, who speak into the heart of who you are? You know, again, I'm so grateful for, for parents and a mum and dad who curated my friendship circle. Like they, they, I didn't realise it at the time. I thought I was inviting who I wanted to my birthday. No way in the world. You know, like there's no way that happens. You know, like I'd be like, Mum and Dad, how come Daniel didn't come to the birthday? Oh, well, something came up for them and they didn't, they, yeah, they weren't able to make it. I didn't realize, he wasn't even invited in the first place. I didn't even know. You know, like, like but my parents were deliberate in, in curating an environment and, and making sure that the friends that I had were people of faith, people who had the same uh, belief system, the same moral values as, as we did. And, and I think it's something, friend, let me tell you, our, our world is trying to indoctrinate you. Like, everything's trying to. We get scared about that. Oh, we should indoctrinate our kids. No, indoctrinate your kids. Indoctrinate everything. Like, like, because if you don't do it, someone else will. And that's just the reality of the world that we live. Like, like if you're not the loudest voice in your kids or your family or the, your spouse's world, then let me tell you, someone else is. And so we've got to be deliberate about these things. We've got to not be so, you know, I don't know what to do. Like, no, this... My family, my household, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, Joshua said. You know, I believe that, that we're to be like that as well, that we're to curate and, and be deliberate and make sure that we're creating environments where the people in and around our worlds are people of faith, people who encourage us, people who will help us to grow in our belief and trust in God. Amen? I'm so grateful for the people in my world who imparted faith into me. I'm so grateful for the people... Who, who I watched growing up as a little kid and just they, just, they imparted faith into me. They came alongside of me and they encouraged me in my walk with God. You know, we, we need to make sure that the people around us are people who encourage us and help us on our way. How are we going for time? Am I right? Faith is imparted uh, through our environment, through the people around us. Faith is also imparted through history. Timothy's family had a history. They had a history. You know, I encourage you today, get around some history. Get around some people who have walked the path before you. Get around some grey-haired Christians, right, who have, who have believed God and walked through it and been through the fire. Get around some history. Get around some people who have overcome challenges and come out the other side praising Jesus. Like, get around those people. Get around those things. You know, I started off this morning talking about you know, I don't believe today that it's just nostalgia for nostalgia's sake or, or things like that. But let me tell you, I do enjoy reminiscing. I do enjoy, like, it's funny, isn't it? Like, when you, when, when you tell stories and you've and you got shared history one with another and, and you think about uh, the memories and the things that, that went on, you know? Like, uh, I was thinking about the other day when I, um, when I was living here about the massive snakes. I forget how big. The, I hate snakes. They just scare me so much, even though I know in my head that they are... Uh, that they, you know, like big python 
they're just sleeping on the road, but it freaks me out. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to go near them. And even though the head's all the way up there and the tail's here, it's like, I just know they're going to come and get me. You know, like, it's just, you know, like, you, when we, we reminisce and we talk about these things and these guys tease me about it and things like that. But, you know, there's a shared history there. You know, there's, there's shared time together. And, and, and I just want to encourage you, you know, like, get around people who have some history. You know, I see Kent Fennell sitting over here. You know, he's got history. He's got wells. He's dug wells in his life. It would do you good to get around someone like that. Get him and investing into your life. Just rub shoulders with him. You know, it would do you good. There's a history there of seeing God move and God overcome in in their world and in their life. You know, like I think it's such a good thing that we, as a church, as a community of faith, that we we share a history. You know, this church right here may be a church plant. You know, I was at Redcliffe before sharing there. That church has been around for 70 years or something like that. You know, like, let me tell you, that gives me faith. Because you know what that tells me? The church was there then, the church was alive then, and the church is alive today. You know, like, it, it tells me that. You know, the Bible says that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let me tell you, there is a history that we can tap into. There's a, there's a history of faith there that we can grab hold of. You know, this may be a new plant right here in terms of Emerge Church. This may be something, let me tell you, you're part of something happening in this place. You are creating history right now in this, that, that what you are doing now won't stand just for your lifetime, but for your kids and your kids and the people to come and join this house, that you're a part of the history of this place. Isn't that amazing? Doesn't that build faith into your life? Doesn't that make you just realize that we stand for something greater than ourselves and give you a sense of faith to believe God for more. You know, like, I, I, just, I just love that. I just, the faith is imparted through history. You know, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know, everything Jesus did back then is available to us today. You know, I was saying at Redcliffe this morning that, you know, many of us believe that God can, but not many of us believe that God is willing. You know, friend, you need to know today that He can and He is willing. God is willing. God is willing. He's willing. He's willing. He wants to see. He wants to heal you. you know, the Bible says that all that came to him were healed. He not some all. All that came. He wants to heal you today. He wants to bless you. He wants to bring deliverance into your life. He wants to. He wants to see you. See you become all that he's called you to be. He can and he is willing. Amen. 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 Faith is imparted uh, by environment, by the people, by history, but faith is also imparted by proximity. Verse 6, it says that, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Paul laid his hands on Timothy. He, had, he was close enough to Timothy that he could touch him, that he could lay his hands on him. You know, if I think about these last couple of years with this pandemic and, and all these things that are going on, that if anything it's highlighted to us in our society is the damage that isolation can do. That, that, as, that isolation is and, and, people, and loneliness and all those things, people being separate, you know, it's heartbreaking. I don't know, if, I'm sure you've had it here, but the stories you hear of people who have been locked up in their homes and they can't even, they've got no one around them to, to bring their meals or food or to do things. There, there's nobody in their world who, who has proximity to them. That, that our world is like, loneliness is, is terrible. It's, it's, it's everywhere. People are living their lives separately. You know, I believe that for a church and for a group of believers that we need to have proximity one with one with one another that we need to be close enough to each other that we can touch one another that we can be in contact together we can we can be close to one another you know have, have you ever been in a public place and then like felt the like the need to sneeze 
but just in your head, you're like, don't sneeze, don't sneeze, don't sneeze. You're just like, it's like you can't even cough anymore, right? It's like you can't even, because everyone's just going to scatter and just like disappear, right? If you had that little fight in your head, so you do that. So people think something else, it looks like you're having a stroke, you know, like. But really, really, you're just trying to hold in the sneeze, right? You know, our world is, is separate. People are retreating and they're hiding. You know, statistics will tell you that churches, church attendance has dropped over 50%. It's crazy. Now, I know that I'm looking around here and you're like, well, I'm here. Well, that's good. Good, right? It's a good thing, right? But that's that's what the statistics would tell us, that church attendance has dropped, that people are watching online, maybe, you know, like people are doing those things. Now, please hear my heart. If, If you've been vulnerable through these times, my wife has an autoimmune disease, so I get it. Like, I understand that these... These are challenging times if you've got those real needs and those real things. But let me tell you, a lot of people have just chosen convenience over conviction. A lot of people have just chosen that this is more convenient, this works out easier, it's a bit less stress. I mean, let's face it, who doesn't mind a coffee in the morning as you sit on your lounge, you know? Like, let me tell you, we're going to be people of conviction. We're going to be people who choose to be in the house of God. You know, in Hebrews it says, don't neglect meeting together as is the habit of some. So even the Bible knew back then it was a habit of some. You know, like, and, and I don't know, I, I know a few of you have pointed most of you out that I remember the names of them at, but I don't, I, don't know, I don't know all your stories or your backgrounds or anything like that at all. I don't know what challenges you're walking through or, or anything like that at all. But can I encourage you today that if, if your attendance is one every three weeks, make it one in two. If your attendance is one in two, make it every week. Right? If you're someone who's a once a monther, Go, go twice a month. You know, like we need to be in proximity one to another. We, 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 need, to, we need to not g- neglect the meeting together, as is the habit of some. As is the habit of some. Don't be the some. Don't, don't, be, don't form that habit. But we need to meet together because you know what? When we come together, it imparts faith. You need faith in your life. Friend, you can't do this thing alone. You cannot do this walk alone. You need people in your world. You need proximity. You need people in and around you who can lay hands on you and pray the prayer of faith and believe God and stand with you in tough times and, and be around you and have proximity to people. You know, we, 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 need, to be, we need to be people who live like that. Don't, don't get in the habit. Don't let that become your pattern. Make a new pattern. You know, and if it was an old pattern, then get back to the old pattern. You know, like if you come every week on a Sunday, go twice. You know, like come to Warner tonight. You know, like... Like put yourself in a place of corporate faith, of corporate anointing, being surrounded by people of faith who can encourage you and help you build your faith. Friend, you need it more than ever. Well, I don't know about you, but I, I, I need the presence of God. I need people around me more than ever. You know, like we've got to make sure that, that we put ourselves in those environments. You know, I, I've, been, I've been pastoring now in full-time ministry for 15 years. Can you believe that? Like, yeah, yeah, so... I've been doing this a little while, I guess is, is what I'm saying. And uh, for those of you who don't know anything about my background, I um, grew up in a pastor's home. Uh, so grew up in uh, dad in ministry. My grandfather uh, was a pastor as well. So I'm third generation uh, pastor, which doesn't mean a lot, but it's kind of nice. You know what I mean? So, you know, I'm one dumb decision away from it all being worth nothing. So I don't, I don't understand. I don't hold that like a sense of like pride or like how good I am. Like, I'm just saying like that's, that's my background. That's, that's my history. And, uh, and, 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 you know, I've, I've been in church and, 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 I've, and I've seen people who 
like I saw something. This is it wasn't. This is back in South Australia, so I can. I tell I tell South Australia stories about you, and I tell <laughs> them stories anyway. So, so I, I met with this guy. He he reached out to the church, and uh, and he was feeling isolated. And, I, and so I went around and saw him, and and uh, and he started telling me about how he used to go to the church and doesn't go anymore. And and uh, but he was upset because no one's called him. You know, like. And, uh, but he had left the church. He said, I left the church, didn't want to go anymore, and I had enough, and, but no one's called me. And I'm like, well, you left the church, man. Like, like what do you want us to do? You know, like, like and, 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 and I just was like talking with him and just, and just sharing with him and just, and he had a few challenges and we just sort of talked about some of those things and that, but it just, it just stood out to me, like, like we get so upset because the pastor never rang or these things didn't happen. And so we take our bat and ball and we go home. And can I tell you, friend, and again, I'm not, we're not perfect, you know. Church leadership, it's, it's not perfect. We don't claim to be perfect. But we do try our best, and we do want to do our best by the people that God's called us to lead. But, friend, can I tell you, can, can we also just get a little bit mature and just, just grow a little bit and just be like, you know what, I'm going to put myself in a proximity of faith because it's in that place it's going to help me grow. It's going to do me good to be in that place and that environment, to be around people who want to encourage me and, and build me up, you know, like... I don't think we've got time in this, this day and age. We, there's no time for immaturity. You know, our world needs a church on fire. Our world yeah. needs a people of God who believe Him and are full of faith, you know. And, and I just think, is that cool if I say that? We just, we just need a bit mature. Put yourself in a place of proximity. Just go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you don't believe it, just do it anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Move on. Yeah, move on. <laughs> faith is imparted by what you read. So we see faith imparted by environment. It's imparted by people, proximity, history. Faith is imparted by what you read. You know, we forget that this was, a, this was a letter. This was a letter written to Timothy. This is something that Timothy would have had in his hands. You know, in my imagination, I, I imagine him like it would have been by the bedside. You know, every morning, every night when he went to bed, it would have been there. If he needed it, he could grab it and... I guess it was a scroll, maybe like unroll it or something. That's a scroll being unrolled, by the way, in case you're wondering what I'm doing. And he could have read that. It, w- it was there. It was a physical thing that he would have had, that he could go to to, in- to, to to encourage himself and build himself up in faith. And let me tell you, we have the Word of God. And we can go to the Word of God and, and you can read this and this can encourage and build your faith and, and, and can impart faith into your life. You know, the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. You know, faith comes when we, when we read this and we get it into it and we hear God speak to us and, and, and He shows us things that, that faith begins to build in life. You know, this book is full of so many promises. There are so many promises in this book that you can attach your faith to, that, that, that you, can, you can grab hold of and, and, and claim for your life and reach out in faith and believe God for that, that you, can, you can take these promises and you can take the Word of God. And let me tell you, if God said it, He will do it. You know, Isaiah 41 verse 10 says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. You know, that's a word that our world needs today. That's a word that believers, Christians, we need that today. Don't have to fear. It goes on to say, uh, I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Friend, his hand is never too far away. His arm, his right hand is never there. It's never too far away that he can't reach you and pull you up to where he's called you to be. Friend, we have a help. We have someone there for us. 
You know, God is there for us. That's a promise. You can take that to the bank. You can take the Word of God and apply it to your life. Amen? Take those promises. Deuteronomy 31 verse 8 says, The Lord Himself will go before you. Oh man, that deserves a shout of praise right there. Do you know you have a God who goes before you? That whatever it is you're about to walk into, He's already been there. He's already got a way out for you. He's already got a place for you that He wants to bring you to, to raise you up and build you up. Friend, do you believe that today? That you have a God? That's the promise. That's the Word of God. That He goes before you. That goes on to say, it says not He goes before you, that He will be with you. Amen. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Come on, can we give God right now just a shout of praise and a clap in the house? Do you believe that this morning? These are promises in His Word that you can receive by faith today. 2 Corinthians 12 says, But He said to me, My grace is sufficient. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is alive in you. Friend, that's a promise from God. You can receive that this morning by faith. You can take that into your world right now. Right now, whatever situation you're facing, the power of Jesus Christ is alive in you. It's alive in you. I'm just, woo! It's alive in you. 1 Peter 2. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. You have been healed. You are healed today because of the price that Jesus paid on the cross. His blood was shed for you and me. We give Him our imperfection and we receive His perfection into our life. Friend, that give God a praise this morning. Come on, He's worthy of our praise today. That's a promise that you can take. You can receive that by faith. You know, right now this morning, if you've got healing that you need in your body, you've got sickness or a challenge or mental health, where it is right now, just lift up your hands in this place. Come on, friend, don't be ashamed. Lift your hand up. You're in a community of believers. Let me tell you, by His stripes, you are healed today. Receive it by faith. This morning, He has set you free. He has set you free. Sickness and disease cannot stand in the presence of an almighty God. Friend, Jesus, He loves you today. He loves you today. He can and He's willing. He can and He's willing. He can and He's willing today. Sister, with your hand raised right here. No, don't put it down. Don't put it down. I want to pray for you right now. Just stand up in your seat. I want to pray for you. I don't know who you are. Can someone just, can't, can you just come around and just, just get behind? Just lift your hands. Jesus, touch her right now. Come on, church. Can we, come on, this is the community of faith. This is exactly what I'm talking about right here. This is what we do. Father, touch her right now in the name of Jesus. God, fill her afresh. God, whatever it is, oh God. God, I speak breakthrough. I speak wholeness in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Call to the elders of the church. Let them lay hands. Father, we lay hands on our sister right now, God. God, we believe healing and breakthrough right now. God, healing is the children's bread, Lord God. God, let it be a portion right now. In the name of Jesus. Oh God. Oh God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. By your spirit, says the Lord. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 
Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Grab hold of these promises. Faith comes by the Word. Get the Word into you. Get into your spirit. That's good. Keep ministering, mate. Thank you, Jesus. You know, Paul does something interesting, though. Shows us the ways that we see this sincere faith that's in Timothy. Describes how it's in the environment, through family, through the laying on of hands, proximity. But then he shifts gears and he tells Timothy to fan into flame. He shifts it from the environment, from the things that surround him, and he makes it an internal decision. He makes it a personal responsibility. He says, there's all these things around you, Timothy, but now fan into flame. Take responsibility. Take it for yourself. No one else can do it for you. Friend, I'm here today to tell you that we need to fan into flame the gift of the Holy Spirit. We need to fan into flame the gift of God, the gift that He's given us. And that gift is that of the Holy Spirit that you need to take personal responsibility, that it's up to you. No one else can do it for you. Joe can't do it for you. Emerge Church can't do it for you. The band and the worship team, they can't do it. We can create the environment, the atmosphere. We can come into agreement with one another. We can stand in faith together. But ultimately, there's a line in the sand that says you need to fan into flame the gift of God. It is your responsibility, friend. It's up to you. It's up to you. It's up to you. Your world needs you. Your workplace needs you. Doesn't need me. Doesn't need Joe. Doesn't need Neil. It needs you. Your family doesn't need me. It needs you. Your friends, they don't know me. They don't need me. They need you. It's up to you and I to fan in the flame the gift of God, the gift that is the Holy Spirit. It says in Acts 11, therefore God gave to them the same gift. And He gave to us also, believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. He gave to us the gift, the gift of the Holy Spirit. Acts 10.45 It says, All the circumcised believers came to, with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. Acts 2.38, Peter said to him, Repent, and each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Luke 11.13 says, if you then, being evil, uh, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more your Heavenly Father will give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him. We need to fan into flame the gift of the Holy Spirit. I want to invite you all just to stand with me right now. Church, we need to fan into flame the gift of the Holy Spirit. does that mean? We have a deposit within us. The Bible says to each one, yeah, Ben, you can come up. Don't be bashful. Just come up. Get up here. Each one's been given a deposit. Each, one's been, each one of us have something in us of faith, something in us, a deposit of the Spirit of God. But it's my responsibility. It's your responsibility 
to fan that into flame, to take it as a deposit, to take it as something, fan it into flame, bring life to it. And it's so important because we're in this place on a Sunday. God speaks to us, He touches, we're in this environment, we get to lift up the name, it's, it's wonderful, we hear a good word. But what about your Monday? What about your Tuesday? What about your Wednesday and your Thursday? What about Saturday? We're going to take responsibility and recognize that you and I, you know, our world is, our world is a dark place. Our world is a place without hope. I mean, the things that are happening, it's, it's, it's insane. Like, it's insane. But I believe we're called to be the light bearers. We're called to carry the flame. We're called to carry the gift of the Holy Spirit. Everywhere you go. That we would be a people who set fires in our community. That we'd be a people who when they're lost and the darkness surrounds them, they don't know where to go, that they would see the light in you. They would see the gift of the Holy Spirit alive and active in your life. And they'd be drawn to it. And that they would find Jesus. They'd become a believer, a follower of Him. Friend, that's what we're called to do. Fan into flame the gift of God. 